man, when I say Disney has made a killing in recent years, I I am not exaggerating that shit one single bit. Disney, uh, they're basically, they really are, you know, all the memes that's out there online and shit, they really are the Thanos of, um, of companies. They truly are, man. And it wasn't until yesterday when I was online and I, I came across a clip from, I'll, I'll get to the movie in a second. I don't want to like spoil it before I jump into that particular topic of the episode, but I, I came across a movie clip, one of my favorite movies and uh, one of my favorite franchises. And it wasn't until the clip was over that it dawned on me, this particular movie this particular franchise this property as far as a household name goes belongs to fox but with that being said and me going back on how i opened this up just now talking about disney making a killing disney owns fox now and to put two and two together this property belongs to you know these, this franchise belongs to disney now which is not necessarily a good move now i know everybody you know, they were like, oh, you know, on the business side of things from, a, uh, you know, from a business side, I, 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 I'm cool with it. I understand, you know, you th this is this is basically like a monopoly, pretty much, you know, the, the, the film industry and stuff like that. I get it. Money talks and bullshit walks. I say it all the time. However, um, on the the filmmaking side of things, you know how the integrity of certain properties go. I don't think this this, uh, you know, Disney uh, grabbing Fox up. I don't think it was a good idea. You know, maybe Fox needed the money or whatever the case may be. Maybe they were back on child support payments. I don't know. But I, I don't think it was a good idea, man, because you they 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 sacrificed a lot. They put a lot on the line by allowing Disney to um, to snatch them up. With that being said, uh, I really quick let me just uh let me just state this real quick because i actually wrote it down just to be sure of the numbers and the situation as far as disney um you know snatching up fox now it said that um there's an actual statement well statement article whatever you want to classify it as disney had initially agreed to acquire fox for 52.4 billion before a counter offer from comcast prompted it to increase its bid to 71.3 billion dollars that's big fucking money y'all that is some big business that's going down right now with disney fox and, and comcast was involved and all this other stuff it's crazy but personally for me i'm one of those people where i'm like it was a dumb move it was a it was a very bad chess move at least on Fox's behalf, Disney doesn't give a shit because they can do whatever they want with uh, with Fox now. They're even changing the name. Uh, it's not going to be called 20th Century Fox anymore. Um, I, I forgot what it's going to be called. I don't want to quote it and, and be uh, completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure uh, some people out there know more than enough people out there know what it, what they change what they're changing the name to. But I basically wanted to do this episode because um, you know, like I said, I watched the clip yesterday and that and that uh that movie and that franchise is a part of Fox, which is a part of you know, which is owned by Disney now. And is is that franchise in particular, along with two others I want to talk about, I limit it down to three properties. Um that franchise is gonna suffer terribly. Um and when I say terribly 
I mean, as far as, like I said, the integrity of the series goes. So basically, I just I'm doing this episode. My topic for the episode really is just, you know, three, three big properties that once belonged to Fox that belong to Disney that are now in in way, way more trouble uh, than they than they ever were in before, in my personal opinion. Now, the first property I want to start off with is the Alien franchise. Now, before I jump into like what's next and things like that, let's talk about the history of Alien for a little bit. I, if I'm not mistaken, the first Alien came out in 1979, and I actually I fell asleep watching it last night. But I actually I always I never hated Alien, but it wasn't until you know my my well into my older adult years that I could appreciate the slow build and just the the science of it all it, it, the first aliens a classic aliens is probably one of the best sequels ever made shout out james cameron for that um alien 3 i actually watched recently and while that is my least favorite i think i kind of warmed up to it a lot more because i really sat through it and tried to break it down more than i ever have and it's it's not an it's not a completely terrible movie. It's just my least favorite because they really fucked David Fincher over, who was the director for the movie. And, I, you know, I guess they just felt like he was a rookie and, that you know, a lot of, a lot of studio involvement, shit like that. But, um, you know, then we got Alien Resurrection in 97, probably one of my favorite sequels after Aliens. Alien Resurrection, I know it's silly, but it's a lot of fun. It's way, it's way more entertaining. I can have way more fun. Uh, silly fun with it than I could with the previous movie and I think after that we got Alien vs Predator which I don't really care for it's, it's you know I just you know Sanaa Lathan Lance Henriksen that's all good and well but I you know Paul W.S. Anderson really watered that movie down they you know the rating it threw me off completely because it was PG-13 and there was a lot of shit that they couldn't show you know um, as far as the aliens go you could show aliens getting their head top of their heads cut off and you could show alien blood it's not human blood that's how the, that's how it really goes with pg-13 movies you could show any type of creature blood except human blood you know what i mean and and that i mean while it wasn't a big problem it watered down what the what the xenomorphs are all about you know you didn't you barely saw any xenomorph kills on screen you really didn't see any xenomorph kills on screen you didn't see that little extra mouth pop out and slam into somebody's skull or something like that you that was missing the gore was missing the blood was missing and then we got um alien vs predator requiem which i don't give a fuck what anybody says is a far superior movie than the first one i love it they gave me back the r rating they gave me one solo predator fighting all these xenomorphs and we got some crazy xenomorph action we even got the throwback uh you know the throwback sounds that the aliens made in aliens you know when when they're wiping out the military that comes into town to, to save everybody uh but yeah moving on after that ridley scott jumped back into the director's chair and got involved and he made prometheus which he was swearing up and down wasn't an alien movie it was an alien movie nonetheless it's it's okay i probably have to watch it maybe one or two more times to fully appreciate it but it is it is a well-made film nonetheless and the cast is pretty good alien covenant i think is a superior film because he you know a lot of people complained about um a, a prometheus 
and you know there were no aliens and this that and the other and then Ridley Scott returned and he gave everybody exactly what they what they didn't get in the in the first in the previous movie and people still complain like I got aliens I got back bursters I got chest bursters I got mouth bursters I got everything and the movie looks beautiful it's 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 so well shot it's so well um uh the the cinematography is great the acting is great the cast is great I loved it and it basically when they land on that planet shit just goes downhill really fast and it doesn't really let up after that so i liked covenant um now that being said the history i've mentioned one uh pg-13 property as far as the alien goes and it really suffered for me because of that and while while where we left off was a very violent very gory very bloody alien covenant a few years back where we're going next now that disney owns you know the alien franchise i don't think we're going to get that i think we're we're most certainly going back to a pg-13 alien movie where everything's watered down and you know i'm not saying blood and gore makes a film because it doesn't however you know it it um it plays a part in the nostalgia it certainly helps you know if it's an alien movie now the first alien movie didn't really have a lot of a lot of gore and it. it was it was a it was a slow cooker like i said and it was it was a tension builder that type of stuff but it did have some uh some kind of vicious scary moments in it but i feel like with alien belonging to disney now even with disney changing the name of fox that's just them saying like listen we paid up so we can do whatever the fuck we want to do right now. We can change the name. We can put Mickey Mouse's face on the 20th Century Fox logo after we change it. We can have him pop up and, you know, and wave and smile in the beginning of an alien film. Whatever they want to do, they can do it. That's why I think this was a bad move, especially for Alien in particular, because I don't want another watered down version of the xenomorphs or the face huggers or anything like that i don't want something where we can't have the characters speak how they normally speak i'm not saying all the characters have to curse like sailors or like a rob zombie type of movie or something like that no but i don't want it i just i just don't like anything watered down especially when it comes to horror now that's not saying that i haven't seen decent pg-13 horror in my lifetime because i have uh but i I'm just one that feels like I know when things are held back and and if you do it subtly and make the film work fine but Disney's Disney not going for this shit man they're not going for this chest burster shit they're not going for this this uh alien opening up its mouth and his second mouth slamming into somebody's head and blood shooting out they are not going for that man and my only question is where where do you where do you go from here after you know after uh alien covenant without rebooting the series i feel like that's what's coming man you know i i don't know i don't, I don't know how like what ridley scott's involvement is with with the series any further i don't know if you well i know neil blomkamp's alien 5 is dead in the water that's a dead project i know that was trying to come to see the light of day but unfortunately for me it won't I, I don't know where they're going to go with this. Do you do you make another AVP movie and have another director come in and make it PG-13 to water it down? I don't know. But all I know is that the series is in a lot more trouble than it's ever been in. And, and that's 
like I say that because Alien has been in trouble before. They were in trouble the moment part three started to tank at the box office and then they were they put themselves in even more trouble with alien resurrection because while i love that movie it is not received well at all and to this day actually it's not received well and it's ranked as one of the worst in the series like a lot of people hate it i don't but you know the majority does but and even alien covenant people didn't like man and where do you go what how what direction do you go in? I don't know like if making a direct sequel without the likes of someone like Neil Blomkamp would would work. I mean it could work, but it wouldn't sit well with me because I actually wanted to see that guy's uh, follow up to Aliens, his version of Alien Three basically, but it was going to be called Alien Five. But how do you, how do you follow up without rebooting everything and starting starting from scratch and just getting one of these up and comers to play the new Ripley and you know getting one of these up and comers to play um. You know, the Yafet Kodo character, the Tom Skerritt character, the Veronica Cartwright character. I really see them rebooting this shit, man. And I'm, strangely enough, this is a side note. Why did I just think of Daniel Kaluuya playing um, Yafet Kodo's role from the first Alien? I'm very weird like that, y'all. My my brain works a mile a minute. Y'all know this, man. But damn, I actually should do that in another episode. Fan casting for, a, for Disney's Alien. How does that even sound, yo? Disney's Alien. That's weird, right? I know, because it was weird for me. So let's move on. Let's get weirder. Another Fox property, well, once that once belonged to Fox, that Disney now has his filthy fucking gloved Mickey Mouse paws on is Predator. This probably hurts more than the Alien franchise belonging to Disney hurts. Because uh, Predator is way more vicious, in my opinion, because uh, it's it's a movie about people being hunted down. And as far as the history with Predator, I, I, I want to say. 87, 88, the first Predator came out, somebody out there, if I'm wrong, please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it came out in the late 80s, if I'm not mistaken, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers. It's a classic. Jean-Claude Van Damme actually was going to play the Predator until something happened. I don't remember. Um, they have set photos of Jean-Claude Van Damme trying on um, the actual suit. It's kind of cool, but I don't know. Maybe we would have gotten some crazier movement from the Predator had he would have stayed on board. But the first one is a classic. You know, it's a super tough macho movie. Uh, it, it was For me, it was never scary. I, I don't know if it was intended to be scary, but it's more of a, like a, not even sci-fi all the way. It's more of just like an action thriller basically there are horror elements in it for sure there's a lot of nasty gore bits in it and the characters are great that's one of the thing about one of the things about predator is that i always loved the characters in this movie because you know they crack jokes in the midst of war they they just act weird they they, they go crazy and start losing their shit in the midst of you know the predator coming after them then you got predator 2 which for me personally is probably the most underrated in the series people don't really give it the respect it deserves Probably because there's no Arnold Schwarzenegger and people felt like, oh, well, Danny Glover can't, you know, he can't be the man bullshit because Danny Glover was just a man. He didn't have any commando or military training, you know, got the upper hand at the end of uh, Predator 2 and, you know, got a token of the Predator uh, clan's appreciation at the end. And they had to carry a homeboy off like like who mans is this? They had to carry a man off and just disappear after Danny Glover and spanked that ass. 
You know what I'm saying? That movie's very underrated. I, I like the whole um, post-apocalyptic. I think it was 1997 that this that Predator 2 was supposed to take place. It, that was what their future was depicted as, and they were kind of harsh on the year. I, they were the, that year looked nothing like what they depicted. They were definitely harsh on that year, and they did not pull any punches with it. The crime, the drugs. The Jamaican gangs, that was one of the things that always stood out to me in Predator 2 was those Jamaican gangs, because if it weren't a, if it wasn't a Predator movie, you could base that movie solely on Danny Glover and his uh and his homies, you know, his his team going up against the Jamaican gang. And it probably would have been dope just based off that alone. Then we got Predators. Uh, Robert Rodriguez produced it. Nimrod Natal directed it. That's the guy that did Armored. And um uh, Predators is a movie that I have really high hopes for because I remember the trailer. Adrian Brody is standing, you know, standing there, raising his head really slowly. And a bunch of Predator, you know, target beams just beam all, all on his body at the same time. And it's a shitload of them. But that part wasn't even in the movie. I mean, it was in the movie, but they kind of they tweaked it so that it really was like an emphasis on predators, like the whole pluralization of that word. But we didn't get that. We got one predator target on him. You know, they jazzed it up for the movie. I think that was a that was a dick move, too. It was a nice little pump fake. But we did get a lot of predators. And I, I like the movie because we got um, kind of a, a different type of backstory on these predators, whereas, though, there were two different kinds of them on the predator planet hunting down these uh these these murderers these rapists um just these bad guys overall and the, you know the elite predators were basically they would kill they would enslave and kill the the classic predators with no problem you know because that's how they were in charge basically on the planet i like that you got introduced to you know um the predator dogs and they you can see that the predators were not only capturing and placing bad humans um in on on this planet but they were capturing aliens and hunting them for sport you know it, it, it was a nice twist for the 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 predator franchise now my gripe with that movie was the characters you know the cast was okay but you <laughs> You had all these characters that just were completely wasted. First of all, you have Mahershala Ali in the Predators movie, and he is the second person to get killed. And the first person to get killed is Danny Trejo. Now, you kill Danny Trejo first, Mahershala Ali second. You know, you don't give the Yakuza guy anything to do but just have a nod back to the Billy character when he's going toe-to-toe with the Predator. Um, You have Lawrence Fishburne, who basically has, like, I want to say 10, 20 minutes of screen time before he gets killed off. You got this big fucking Russian guy with a, you know, it's a nice nod to the original who's got this uh, this minigun just tearing up shit. You know, the guy's name is Nikolai. You don't do anything with the with, with this wide variety, you know, with this versatility as far as these characters go, man. It was just it was completely wasted. And a lot of people like it. it it's not a bad movie. I, I enjoy it, but I just wish they did more with the characters, man. It was such a missed opportunity. It was a waste. Now. As far as The Predator goes, a movie we got a couple years back, people hate this movie. Let me just give my unpopular opinion. I love that movie. I love it because I don't have to take it seriously. Not only did I not take The Predator's movies, like I didn't look at them as scary movies per se, but they're action movies and they're funny. Um, 
the second one not so much funny but uh i'm sure there's humor a lot of humor here and there that i miss but the predator the last one that came out um it actually is great for me because the characters are way better they're way crazier they're way funnier they're more fleshed out for the most part and um you got to do, you know, it's silly. It's, it's just silly. Now, I know people might look at it as a parody, a spoof, whatever you want to call it. But um, I, I love the movie because it's way more entertaining. I, I, I was rooting for the characters way more. They gave every character a lot to do. You know, you have characters that have Tourette's, characters that are like, you know, uh, damaged war heroes and stuff like that. The, all the characters just had their own thing going on. And they're really great. They're really great to watch. And I like Jake Busey. Um, Gary Busey's son, who was in, uh, Gary Busey was in Predator 2. I love that Jake Busey had a nice little cameo in there. And I think the guy, Sterling K. Brown, Sterling, Sterling Brown, is that his name? Somebody out there will, y'all know exactly who I'm talking about. He was in it and he was kind of a bad guy. He was a bit intimidating, but it seems like he just never closes his mouth. But I, you know, I love, I love the Predator and the ending as wild as it was, who knows where they could go with another movie. Another thing about that movie is they they didn't hold back with the gore and the blood at all and the predator gadgets and what the predator can do. And, you know, the 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 hybrid super predator, they went for broke in this movie. This could very well be the last movie, but they had that ending where the predator hunting armor, you know, it basically attaches itself to its host and stuff like that. And, and who, who knows where they could go with it? But honestly, the first of all let me say this all the predator movies have been rated r with the exception of the crossover avp avp and avp requiem uh or not requiem that was rated r but with the exception of avp that was pg-13 all the predator movies have been rated r the predator is a character that you really should you could but you should not water down because these motherfuckers are vicious and if you really pay attention to the movies they only really kill when they're threatened or when they're provoked you know if you look at their um you know their thermal vision and stuff like that there there's a there's a there's a scene in uh alien versus predator requiem where the mom and the daughter are hiding out in a cemetery or something like that i can't remember they're in the woods somewhere and there's a guy pointing a gun telling the mom to tell the little girl to stop crying and the predator zooms in on the gun and he sees that as a threat he wasn't going to kill anybody otherwise but he's in the trees and he sees the gun as a threat he just blows the top of the guy's head clean off so the predators really only kill when they're provoked but they are vicious as fuck so how do you water that down you should not you really should, man, uh, because what we've gotten up to this point is the predator being the being a vicious, you know, almost underappreciated sci-fi villain. And it really depends on how you want to classify villains these days, because we're in an era of film where I mean, it's been an era of film, but def like definitely now where the villains are kind of sympathetic in a way where you understand their motives you know, take somebody, I know this is, actually, it's not completely unrelated, because Disney and Marvel are in cahoots, I was about to say, take a character like Killmonger, where you absolutely understand his motivation, you know, for him being the bad guy, quote unquote, and him doing what he, what he does, the Predator is, is almost the same way, but that doesn't really, doesn't really water him down, because, you know, when, when the situation calls for it, the Predator can wreck shit, now, as far as where we go next, 
I would love to see them follow up the Predator with uh, the Predator hunting gear. And I don't know, maybe we return to the planet and hunt them down, try to wipe them out. I don't know. But again, Disney ain't having that shit, man. Especially with how violent that last movie was. I'm talking like it was it was almost slapstick gore at some point because the the predator chops a guy's arm off and the dude that's driving like the you know the van or the truck he's like is everything all right back there and the predator grabs the dude's arm and sticks it out so that the driver can see it and the thumb is up you know just signaling that everything's okay and the guy's just like oh okay you know is they went above and beyond now whether they would show that now that predator belongs to disney i i really don't know man I really don't know. Um, with that being said, I, I'm, I'm going to try to wrap this up pretty quickly. My last property is actually the one that triggered this entire episode yesterday. Well, at least the idea for the episode yesterday. And like I said, I was watching a clip online and I was just like, damn, man, this is one of my favorite parts of this movie. It has nothing to do with action. It's just funny as all hell. It's got one of my favorite actors in it. Damn, man, I love this movie. That's my favorite in this series, hands down. And then I realized, wait, this shit is Fox and Fox belongs to Disney now. And that's not good. And what I'm talking about is Die Hard. Die Hard stemmed this entire episode people but i wanted to balance it out and add two more properties that are going to suffer badly because of this merge now die hard we all know die hard is a is a rated r property we know this and personally i don't i don't know man i'm i'm kind of torn on this because one of the best Die Hard sequels is PG-13. Like, I got to be real about that. So, <laughs> I don't I don't know, man. For, first, first and foremost, let me say. The first Die Hard can't even remember what year it came out. I almost said 84. I don't think it was that far back. It's a classic. Nonetheless, it is probably one of the first, or if not the template for the lone guy takes on bad guys especially in a building or a structure or something like that. Literally, like John McClane gets, he, he is a hero for the ages. He gets fucked up in this movie. He's walking around barefoot. It's a classic, uh, to say the least. And then you got Alan Rickman as, you know, RIP shout out to Alan Rickman uh, as the villain. That's in itself. That's that's all that. Um, You know, as far as Die Hard 2 <laughs> Die Hard 2 isn't a bad movie. It's just something about it. It I don't know what it is about Rennie Harlan's movies that feel like they could have been. They're not bad at all, but it feels like they could have been so much better than what they were. I don't know what it is about Die Hard 2 that didn't live up to Die Hard 1. And in, in every sense of the way, it should have because it's taking place at an airport John McClane has more space to run around he has more things to play with they have more things to play with as far as um you know as 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 far as this the setting goes you know they, the the terrorists are crashing planes and shit you know you know what i mean and it, for some reason I, and I can never put my finger on it it's always something about Rennie Harlan movies whether it be Mindhunters whether it be Deep Blue Sea whether it be uh Nightmare on Elm Street 4 
any there's something about Rennie Harlan movies that I just feel like is is missing something that could have made it better than what it was. I really can't put my finger on it, people, but uh nonetheless die hard 2 is not a bad movie um it's just a sequel that doesn't really live up to the first one and it's not better than the third movie uh, die hard with a vengeance is my favorite in the series you know i know it's all about bruce willis and john mcclain's uh, ventures or his unlucky ventures to say the least but teaming him up with samuel jackson and i think they had already been in pulp fiction at this point but teaming him up with samuel jackson and basically making a buddy cop movie was genius, pure genius. The way they bounce off each other, the way they disagree, the way they agree, the way they work together in the movie is amazing. Samuel Jackson is great in that movie. John McClane is just, it, it goes back to the first movie. Actually, it goes full circle with both movies, but a lot of things come to tie in from the first movie in particular. That's what all a uh, third entry should do to make a trilogy, but... John McClane just seems very tired in, this, in that movie, man. He, see, he seems so... It's like Bruce Wayne when he got tired of just, you know, arresting criminals and he started branding them and or killing them. But John McClane, you know, Die Hard with Vengeance is, is hands down the best in the series for me. Now, we got Live Free or Die Hard, which was directed by Len Wiseman. Len Wiseman uh was the director of underworld and i was really hesitant that they were making a pg-13 diehard movie i'm like i don't know how this is going to work i don't know if this is going to work uh you know it was so many so many things working against the movie at least for me but i remember i went to go see it opening weekend with a few friends of mine and we had a fucking ball man we had a ball i mean it didn't help that we were um you know, Cheech and Chonging on the way to the theater, but that's not here nor there. You know, I have a pass, just like everybody else. Don't judge me for that. But we had a fucking blast watching Live Free or Die Hard. And it was the fact that they compensated so much for the movie not being rated R as far as the stunts go. They comp they they choreographed some great stunts, some great action scenes. It was like they injected what the Fast and Furious movies have become into a Die Hard movie. It was fucking amazing. And I don't even no, I, I don't know. That's why I said I'm torn because Live Free or Die Hard is amazing and it's PG-13 and it really takes nothing away from the Die Hard movies with, I mean, except the, you know, the, the, the language and a lot of the, um, you know, some of the violence in particular, the blood and stuff like that. But they do have an unrated version where, you know, you get some CG blood hits that we didn't see in the theatrical cut. You get some cursing from John McClane here and there. But, uh, I, I, you know, either version is good for me. But I do, you know, the unrated version is a lot sweeter because you get a little bit, a little bit more of that violence in there. Now, after that, we got, what was it, A Good Day to Die Hard? Uh, that sequel was a piece of shit. The fifth Die Hard movie, not only was it a piece of shit and nothing against, I think his name's Michael Moore, the guy that directed the movie. I, I don't know if he was a first time director or a documentary filmmaker or something. This movie is, is fucking garbage, man. And I remember when I seen it, I was just so, I was so appalled at how bad it was, especially coming off the heels of Live Free or Die Hard, which was a PG-13 Die Hard movie, but made a killing at the box office. It was entertaining as shit. And you gave Bruce Willis another buddy you know in uh and the, the buddy was justin i almost called him justin lynch too much fast and furious mentions here but um justin long and justin long could have easily been that annoying ass character and he his 
his uh urgency and his freakouts were not annoying at all. Justin Long is an amazing actor and he did a phenomenal job in that. And you gave uh you know Lucy Lucy McLean was played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's awesome in everything. And Tim Lee, Tim Oliphant played the villain, who's amazing in everything and underrated. But this shit, uh, Good Day to Die Hard, you went from that to casting Jai Courtney as Jack McClane? Fuck y'all for that, man. Because, you know, with the exception of Suicide Squad, uh, him as Captain Boomerang, that guy's acting is atrocious. It's bad, and that guy has got nothing. I don't know if you had to put me, you know, had a gun to my head and was like, well, who's a better actor, man? Scott Eastwood or Jai Courtney? And it's just like, y'all, if it's a time frame on that decision, y'all might have to just bang my brains out because I, listen, man, that guy brought nothing to a diehard movie. He's so unlikable on screen. I just didn't, I didn't give a fuck whether his character died or not. Like, as long as McClane was just getting fucked up and just shooting shit up and all of that, I'm cool. But, you know, they went back to an R rating and it didn't even mean anything. I'm cool with the PG-13 movie that came before it. There's two great shots in uh, Good Day to Die Hard, and that's only when John McClane and uh, Jack are running toward, you know, they're running, there's a helicopter shooting through the building, and they're running, and it's almost, it's you know, the camera doesn't stop, they're running, and they take off, and they clean, jump, they jump clean through this window, and the camera still rolls, it still lingers a little bit as they jump through the window, that's a beautiful shot, man, it's amazing, I, I love that shot, I will give it credit where, where the credit's due, and there's another shot where John McClane swings off of a helicopter, and he flies through yet another window, and just kind of topples on the ground all trashed and shit, like he always gets, but with the exception of those two, two those two scenes and those two shots, the movie's flat out garbage, man, like, you know, I don't care what rating you slap on this movie, you could have gave it a, a X rating or NC-17, and it still would have been garbage, it's a trash, you know, it's a, it's a terribly made film, it's a terribly written film, it's garbage, now, as far as what's next, um, this is the rumored stage. I don't know how much truth is to this rumor, but Die Hard 6 is supposed to be coming and it's supposed to be part prequel and sequel. We're going to get to see the younger days of John McClane and a, a good mix of both the younger days of John McClane and John McClane present day. I'm cool with that. And if I had to pick one property out of these three that's in, you know, it's, it's still in trouble, but if it's um, in more tolerable trouble, it probably would be Die Hard because we got a Die Hard sequel in PG-13 form that's better than two of the entries in the series. And um, those entries being, you know, I like Live Free or Die Hard better than Die Hard 2, and I like it way better than A Good Day to Die Hard. So... If it's anything that's um, more so in the safe zone, uh, to say the least, is Die Hard. Because part of me, you know, Bruce Willis has done plenty of PG-13 action movies. A lot of PG-13 B movies. A lot of uh, PG-13 movie appearances. Uh, he recently, uh, one of the last movies I saw him in was Death Wish. And that was kind of, it was kind of, it, it, I like Death Sentence way better. But, um death wish wasn't straight up bad it's always good to see bruce willis but i i don't know man all right we're not gonna linger too much on that but that's one of the last movies i saw man and it was r-rated it was directed by eli eli roth who does nothing but vicious r-rated movies and for some strange reason i could see them if this die hard six rumor is true i could see them making a pg-13 
part prequel, part sequel entry. I can definitely see that happening. Um, I could definitely see it working. However, do I want that? Sure. Sure, why not? But what do I really want? I want Die Hard 6. If they're going to make this the last movie, quote unquote, I need Samuel Jackson back. I need Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson back on screen. I think they recently, somebody told me they did, um, you know, Unbreakable. I've never seen it. Uh, Glass is on demand. I haven't watched that yet. And I know they, they played in that movie together. I would love, I would pay hard earned money to sit front row opening night to see Die Hard 6 with Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson reunited on screen again. Because just the chemistry between those two, the dysfunctional chemistry is well fucking worth everything they will put into making that movie. And that movie would have to be rated R. You can't make a PG-13 diehard with those two in it. So I would definitely want that over, you know, uh, the prequel sequel idea. But it's not going to happen, man. It's not going to happen. This is this is why PG-13 ratings can hurt these sequels man these these next entries these next go rounds you know disney's not having this shit man it, i go i keep going full circle they're not having it man i understand it's business but it was a bad idea disney got fox by the balls now man they can do whatever they want and with the success of you know even though it's 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 a little more intense the live action versions of these movies disney's coming out with they're not too vicious they are very intense, way more intense than the uh, than the animated versions ever was. But the run that Disney is on right now, you know, even movies like Avengers where people die and Thanos stabbed Iron Man in the stomach and grabbed his head and sat his ass down like he was his child or something like he put him on timeout. There are vicious moments in even Marvel movies, but Disney is not. They, I'm almost certain they are not going for these vicious Die Hard movies, these vicious Predator movies, these vicious uh, alien movies. I, they're slapping PG-13 ratings on all of these. I know it. I know it, man. But I'm, you know, I'm just doing wishful thinking right now. Die Hard is the one that I'm, I'm more so concerned about because I, I have more fun with that property. Even though I'm a horror buff at heart, and action is probably my second favorite genre. Um, I, my heart out of the three is with the Die Hard series. You know, and that's not take anything away from Alien or Predator. It's just that I, ha I have more fun. You know, it's, I, ha I have more laughs and I have more fun. Alien would probably sec be second, and then uh, Predator would be third. But um, as far as uh, uh, safe zones go, you know, the only existing property that belongs to or that Fox has, that which now belongs to Disney, that's really safe is X-Men. I mean, and this is the only one I could think of off the top of my head. That X-Men is perfectly safe. Now, we know X-Men, when they were with Fox, was... um. Uh, they were PG-13 movies and they were pretty vicious, but there wasn't blood. You know, there wasn't sprays of blood and violence like we had in Logan. But those movies are vicious. Those are the those are for I want to say the X-Men films were mainly for adults. You know, con excuse me, content wise, they were for adults. As far as spectacle goes, yeah, they were for kids um, who love the cartoons, who love the comics, but they were for us, you know, if they were for adults who grew up with the actual comic books, who grew up with the, uh, animated series, and, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know how 
HBO Cinemax Showtime, they, when they used to give ratings for the movies before they come on, it would say adult situations. Like this movie has been rated R for adult situations. <laughs> it's like X-Men had a lot of adult situations in it, man. But you know, um, X-Men is probably one of the, one of the safest properties that Fox has had, uh, now that Disney's involved. Um, because you know, the MCU, the MCU is completely rebooting, um, the X-Men series, but I'm, I'm almost certain it's going to be in good hands. Um, but, but you know, man, D- Disney, like I said, there, there's certain things that they have hands on that I feel like they shouldn't. And these three properties being, you know, just a few examples of those. And these, these are just my personal opinions on it, but I feel like the, you know, it's not good for Disney to have hands on hands on or in these properties because it's really going to, it's really going to cause a rift in, in, um, in what made the properties, uh, great in the first place. At least some of the things that made the properties great in the first place, and uh, you know that's that's how I feel about um, you know Blade. I did an episode about um, the new Blade coming out with Mahershala Ali playing uh, playing Blade himself. If anybody hasn't checked out the episode, you can check it out. And I was saying that I have a strong feeling Disney is going to make a PG thirteen Blade movie, which is a big fucking mistake. And you know it just it just goes back to say why I think that you know while it was a good business move. Uh, as far as the money goes, as far as the moolah, I don't, I don't really don't think as far as integrity goes of these properties, I, I don't think it was, it was smart, but you know, people see, people see dollar signs and you know, that's, that's what it's about apparently in Hollywood, which is fine. Money's amazing. But personally, I, I mean, listen, I really can't talk shit because let's say, excuse me, let's say. I own the rights to Die Hard, and if Disney comes up to me with a uh, 71.3 billion dollar offer, <laughs> you know I'm not one to sell my soul for it. You know you can't put a um, there's not a dollar amount you can invent for me to sell my soul in particular, but I would have to add up all the variables. Now that's not saying I would sell my soul over this, but I would add up all the variables like. Hmm. Well, we did have a diehard movie that made way more money than two entries in a five entry series. So let's think I would have to think on that. But, you know, I, I'm not in these people's heads or anything. So, you know, I, who am I to just tell people I'm just a guy just doing an audio podcast that you people can check out on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Podcast Breaker and Radio Public. Shout out to Anchor. Um. I'm not going to start the week off, you know, begging y'all to put me on bigger platforms or other platforms. I'm not going to do something like that. You know, I'm appreciative and all, but type person would I be if I mentioned y'all to just, you know, throw the word out there to other platforms to put to the reviews podcast on there. But um, yeah, we're not going we to do that, man. I'm, I'm humble and I'm grateful at the end of the day. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram from Arrow Tudor. Follow the Facebook movie group, Cinemaniacs. Just got a couple um, couple new additions in there, man. Um, And... All are welcome. All are welcome. As long as y'all ain't on that bullshit, and as long as y'all love the hell out of cinema, out of movies, you know, uh, Mondays and Wednesdays we talk. Uh, we can, you can. There is an option, an open mic option to uh, Mondays and Wednesdays talk about, you know, music, TV shows, art, video games, whatever case may be. But it's mainly just, you know, everybody just posts movies in there, so you know. Uh, Invite yourself into the group, people. All are welcome. Uh, shout out to the listeners, the, the two the reviewers out there, the ones that are showing me the love and support, pushing me to this 500 climb. So much love and respect for y'all, man. I, you know, 
somebody just uh shout out to my boy Aaron Wilson, man. He just uh he screenshotted something in his phone that let me know he was listening to, you know, uh my episode where I did my top five kinda Halloween entries. And if you haven't seen that episode, you can check it out. I, and I say top five kinda because I was split on my last decision for the fifth Halloween movie in my top five. So you guys can check that episode out too, man. But uh yeah, anytime I get like, you know, messages like that where somebody's like, you know, I'm checking out your podcast, I'm listening to it, or when somebody tells me they can't wait to listen to it. This this the shit that I do this for, man. I appreciate y'all so much, and y'all just continuously show the love. And it's it doesn't seem to be slowing down, man. Like I looked at the numbers and like just the the you know the analytics of everything, if you will, and it's looking good, man. It's looking up, and honestly, I cannot wait to hit this 500 mark, and I cannot wait to hit this 100 episode. Um, just to shout y'all out even more, man, because it's it's unreal, yo. Just the just the support I'm getting, and I appreciate every single bit of it man tenfold so shouts out to y'all man give yourselves a round of applause if y'all can at some point at the end of the day that being said yours truly Romero Tudor another episode of Tudor Reviews in the can people I'll check y'all on the next one